High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. John 14, I know what time it is. I'm going to preach fast this morning. Um, I know I told them already, I said I'm going to have to preach real fast. we got a lot going on this morning, a lot of things happening. John 14, verse 12, it says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. Get, read that again. Read that again. I say to you, he who believes in me, this is Jesus talking, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I want you to think about this for a moment. Y'all have heard me say this before. A lot of times we read the Bible, but we really, we just kind of read the Bible. And we don't really take time to digest and process what is being said to us. And Jesus here, I want you to really think about this. This is one of the most incredible promises that is ever given to who? To whoever shall believe. This promise is to whoever shall believe. How many believers do we have in the room this morning? All right, I got about 11. I said, how many believers do we have in the room this morning? Amen. If you're a believer, this promise is for you. If you believe, then you are part immediately of the whoever. Look at somebody telling them, you're a whoever. <laughs> you're a whoever. Listen, it, Jesus doesn't say here that this is for people in fivefold ministry. He doesn't say this is for missionaries. He doesn't say this is just for highly gifted individuals. He doesn't say this is for people who grew up on the right side of the tracks. He doesn't say this is for people who grew up in church and always got it right. Because if that was the case, that, that, that one, of the, one of the prerequisites for this was you had to always get it right, none of us would be it. None of us would be part of the whoever. Jesus simply says, whoever believes. That means this is for you. I want to challenge you today to make this this promise in John 14 personal for your life. Sometimes I like to put my own name in whenever he begins to talk about things. And I like to read it like this. Most assuredly, I say to you, Joshua, that the works I do, you will do also. And greater works than these you will do because I go to my Father. Put your own name in there. And it begins to have a completely different connotation in your life when you realize that Jesus isn't just talking to the audience who is there listening to him, but he's talking to you today in the year 2023 in Bay County, Florida. He's saying the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works. Why? Because you believe. Because you believe, that's the only prerequisite. What is this promise? Firstly, the promise is this. Jesus says, the works that I do, you're going to do those also. Really process that. Jesus, the Son of God, who healed the sick, who cast out devils and demons, who raised the dead, said, hey, guys, the things that I've done you're going to do the same thing. 
What you've seen me do is the same thing that you're going to do. Why do we settle for substandard, barely making it, barely scraping by, making it by the skin of our teeth living? When Jesus said, the works that I do, you're going to do those works too. Why do we accept just kind of barely making it, barely scraping by, barely being able to go a day without falling into temptation and problems? But why in the world do we settle for broken marriages and broken families and broken homes and broken bodies and broken finances and broken everything? When Jesus said, the works that I do, you're going to do also and greater. A lot of times we read that and we go, oh, Jesus, he's like, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you prophesy, you cast out demons, you teach the word, you've got it going on. But I've got good news for you today. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Have you ever heard somebody say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree? A lot of times we use that in a negative connotation. Somebody's acting crazy and we know that their parents are jacked up. We go, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But I want to give it to you in a good connotation this morning. Romans 8, 20, 8 29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That means this, that you have been called to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And a lot of times we read that. And we think about that being conformed to the image of Jesus, and we simply think it is talking about us living in holiness. And don't get me wrong, it is. Amen. It was real quiet when I mentioned the word holiness. People get weird. But you're actually called to live holy. You're actually called to live above sin. You're actually called to live a life that's blameless before God. And believe it or not, you can actually do it. It's actually possible to go without living in sin and brokenness in your life. How many believe you can go 10 minutes without sinning? Hopefully you've been at church for about an hour. Hopefully you've made it. Some of you I'm concerned about, but hopefully most of y'all have made it. <laughs> I believe you can go an hour living free from sin. Two hours. Listen, if you can go an hour, there's no reason you can't go a day. If you can live a day, there's no reason you can't go a week. If you can go a week, there's no reason you can't go a month. Now listen, I'm not saying that, that, that the, once I want to make sure I'm clear, I'm not saying the prerequisite to God moving in your life is you can never have a problem. That's not what I'm saying. But we cannot use mercy and grace as an excuse to simply do whatever we want to do, live however we want to live, and go, well, mercy and grace covers. We're thankful for his mercy. And the church said... You ought to be thankful. I'm thankful for his mercy. I'm thankful for his grace. Oftentimes we don't even know what grace means, though. We think we, we conflate mercy and grace so terribly, and we think they're the same thing, and they're not. Mercy is that God looks over, and he uses you in spite of you. Grace is he gives you a divine ability to live above sin, to live above brokenness, and actually to live holy in this world. You can live holy in this world, and Lord knows we need some holiness to return in our world today. When I talk about holiness, I'm not talking about women, you can't wear pants, and you gotta, can't wear makeup, and that's not what I'm talking about. We get caught up on silly things, because I know plenty of ladies that won't wear pants, but they like to gossip a lot. 
And I'm more concerned about people's gossip than I am if they wear pants or not. And the church said, let me, be, let me, maybe I should rephrase that. I am concerned on if you wear pants or not. <laughs> on if you wear a skirt or pants. Let me put it that way. That's better. We are a little concerned about if you wear pants or not. That's, that'd be a good thing to do. People get crazy though. The church and, and the, the church will act afraid of people who have issues in their life. You don't have to be afraid of people who have issues in their life. Because guess what? You had issues in your life. Some of you still have issues in your life. Are y'all with me? And aren't you thankful when you had an issue, a major issue in your life, that people didn't act like you had the plague? But there was people who were willing to show you love and mercy and grace and accept you where you are to walk you to where you need to be. We expect people to be where they need to be, but we are unwilling to meet them where they are. And Jesus consistently met people where they were to get them to where they needed to be. The Pharisees were always where, I don't know how I got off on this, but this is good. Jesus, the woman who was caught in adultery, y'all know this story, right? The woman is caught in adultery, probably under dubious circumstances. They bring her to Jesus. They throw her at the feet of Jesus. They say, Jesus, the law says that this woman is to be stoned for adultery. And by the way, they were right. Under the law, the penalty for that was stoning. Conveniently, they did not bring the man. And it takes two to tango. But conveniently, they left him out. Different historians and theologians have prognosticated on why that might be, but they left him out. Throw her at the feet of Jesus. This is my notes, but this is good. Throw her at the feet of Jesus, and they say, Jesus, what do you say we do? And Jesus gets down, and he writes in the sand. If you've seen a movie, he's probably he's like drawing a Christian fish or something, which is a really weird thing for him to have done. <laughs> Different people have... And different historians and theologians, and it's obviously all speculation. I've heard some people say that they were he was writing some of the sins of the Pharisees in the sand. I've heard other people say that he drew the wrote the name of the man that she was having the affair with, and it was one of the Pharisees. Obviously, these are all just theories. We don't have any necessarily any indication from the text, but it is in the text probably for a reason. Jesus wasn't just buying time to try to figure out what he was going to do. Right? Jesus wasn't filibustering. And Jesus stands up and he says, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. And a lot of times we, and they all got very disappointed that they weren't going to be able to murder a woman that day and dropped their stones and went home. And a lot of times we stop the story there. But Jesus actually then picks her up out of the dirt and he says, woman, who here condemns you? Now go and sin no more. Jesus acknowledges that what the woman has done is sinful. And he tells her, you can't continue in this way. But Jesus wasn't there to throw a stone at her because of her problem. Instead, what Jesus does is he's actually willing to get down to her level. And he is willing to meet her where she is at in order to pick her up and push her forward into something greater. 
Listen, if we ever want to see people reached for Jesus, we can't throw a stone at them because they're not as holy as we are. On the contrary, what we have to be what we have to be willing to do is maybe get our hands dirty a little bit like Jesus did. By meeting someone at a level that want and listen, I'm not saying engage in it with them because Jesus did not engage in sin with her. But he was able to get down to where she knew that he cared about her and her situation and not just her acting right and getting it right all the time. Y'all been saved for 40 years and you expect the person who's been in the bondage of the current world to get saved and in three seconds be exactly where you are. They ain't going to be there. But we are willing to meet them where they are to get them to where God has called them to be. We're willing to walk with people on the road to holiness knowing that it takes some time. And listen, you know why we're willing to do that? Because somebody walked that road with you. Somebody walked that road with me. Somebody was willing to get their hands dirty. And somebody was willing to meet you where you were in order to push you to where you needed to be. Listen, there was greatness locked inside of that woman. And whenever Jesus looked at her, he didn't see the adulteress. He saw the woman of God that she was called to be. You have to stop looking at people in their current situation and ask God to give you his eyes to see people as what he's called them to be, not what they're currently acting like. You would act a lot better towards people if you began to see them with the eyes of the Father rather than the eyes of the media. Y'all with me this morning? None of that's in my notes, but it's good this morning. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Let me get back to where I was 10 minutes ago. John 14, 7, Jesus says this. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and that's sufficient for us. That's enough. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? And yet you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Now listen, Jesus understands and he begins to make his identity clear. <coughs> Philip says, show us the Father and we'll be good. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And it should be the same way with us. You are called to do the works of Jesus. You are called to do what he has told you to do. Whenever you begin to really understand and understand the way I say this, receive the DNA of the kingdom, receive the DNA of Jesus, re receive the DNA of the Father, you'll begin to look and act like him. There are things just naturally that we do without even thinking about it that people that we allow to influence our in our lives, and I think there's even just actually literally something in DNA and family, that one, it will make you look like people naturally, right? That created you. A lot of you, if you look in the mirror, you can see glimpses of your dad or of your mom. Sometimes even behavior, sometimes for good, sometimes not for so good. But I remember some of the first times I started preaching whenever I was a, a teenager. And I remember preaching and there was things that obviously grew up watching my dad preach all the time, grew up watching him preach over in the generation building from the time I was 11 years old 
watching him preach in that building. And there's things that he used to do. He doesn't really do some of these as much anymore. There's things he used to do. He used to stand a really certain way. I don't know if he does it now. He does a different thing now. He plays with his jacket all the time. It's something he does. And now that I've told y'all, y'all won't be able to unsee it. <laughs> but he used to do this thing. And Pastor Gill knows what I'm talking about. He put his right foot on the podium like this. And he put his right hand right up here on the front of the podium. Okay. And some of those first times that I was preaching without even thinking about it. While I was preaching, I found myself standing like this. And I remember having a, having a very cognizant moment as like a 17-year-old teenager, 18-year-old teenager, preaching and standing like this and going, oh, no. I'm standing just like he stands. And like, oh, I'm bopping away from the pulpit, you know. Why? Because the DNA that is in you, what you see, what you are around, what you, what you become engrossed in is what you will emulate. By the way, just for young people that are in here this morning, and I don't want to get on a youth pastor uh, um, um, soapbox, that's Pastor Garrett's position, but listen, who you hang out with matters because who you're around is who you're going to emulate in your life. Don't think you can just hang around people who are jacked up all the time and it isn't going to affect you at all because it will. And the parents should all be saying, amen. Who, who, and yeah, it goes for adults as well. <laughs> Don't think you can hang around the people who are all jacked up at work all the time. And they'd be best friends with you. Now, once again, I want to make sure I'm clear because a minute ago I was talking about not recoiling from brokenness. And I still believe that. But just because somebody is broken doesn't mean that they have to become your best friend either. Because if you're not careful, you will become the one who is being influenced rather than you being the influencer in situations. Amen. You'll be, you, you will be what you're around. I, I remember a, an old a scene from the movie Jaws and Brody, Chief Brody sitting at the table and he's sitting in a certain manner. He looks across and his son is doing the exact same thing. And then Brody changes and his son changes and there's this whole scene where they're the son is emulating the father. And that's what we see Jesus saying. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And now we, if people should see us, they should see Jesus. The works that Jesus did are the works that they should see us doing. Because you were made to be great. I don't care what, somebody, what anyone has told you in your life. If people told you you were good for nothing, you'd never amount to anything, that you would never be anything, you would never do anything. They were wrong. That you were an accident. I don't care what the circumstances are surrounding your conception. You are not an accident. Pastor Miranda and I have, have two surprise babies. They weren't on our agenda. They weren't on our agenda, but they weren't accidents, and they were certainly on God's agenda. I'll never forget the first time with, with Eliza, our third child. She was on birth control both times. With three and four, she was on birth control. And I told her, I don't know if people should, if I should cry or give someone a high five. <laughs> but our high five, Ricardo said high five, all right. But I remember with our third, we were here at the church, we were staying, we were actually at the church when we had the, the, the chondo, the chouse, the chapartment. And uh, there was a conference. There was a conference, something going on, and and 
I was upstairs. I was sleeping. She woke me up. She said, I need to talk to you. And I said, oh, gosh. It was one of those tones. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I was like, babe, whatever it is, you can tell me. And she starts, like, crying, and she's like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, that's it? That's a relief at this point. <laughs> Similar situation with Eva with our fourth. She had gone to the doctor, and she was having some problems, and she went to her doctor, and I'm driving to church on a Wednesday night, and I'm on the phone, and she starts sobbing on the phone. I'm like, babe, whatever it is, it's going to be all right. We'll make it through. It's going to be okay. She goes, I'm pregnant. I went, Once again, that's it? Like, that's, this is a relief. I some, thought something was wrong with you. The reality is this, even though we weren't expecting it, God was. God has a plan. God has a purpose. You weren't an accident. You were a happy, holy surprise. Y'all don't shout me down this morning. You're called to be like him. You've got greatness within you. You've been made to be great. So Jesus says the works that, we, that he did, we will do also. But then my absolute favorite part is this. Jesus continues on in this passage of John. He says, and the greater works you will do. The greater works you will do. That's Jesus saying, those who come after me are going to do greater things and greater exploits and greater wonders than even I have done. There's something that still kind of trips me up at times. When we really read that, and Jesus goes, you're going to do greater works. We go, we're going to do greater works? He goes, yeah. Do I fully understand that? Not really. I just know it's what Jesus promised. And I know that we're not living in the fullness of that promise right now. That there's greater works for you to do. I believe one reason you can do greater works is because you can start operating in signs, wonders, and miracles whenever you're young. And you can operate in it all the days of your life. And you can operate it for even a, a greater length of time than Jesus had on this earth. He had three years of ministry. You can have a lot more than three years to minister to people, to impact people, to pour out into lives. I'm praying for every single one of these graduates today. They're all 17, 18, 19 years old. The reality is this, they don't have to wait till they're 30 to do something for the kingdom of God and to have an impact. They don't have to wait till they're 40. They don't have to wait till they're 25. They can start right now. A lot of them already are. It's about the vast majority of them that I know of are already doing great and powerful things. They're already impacting lives. The great news is this. We are called for greater works. And a lot of times it's easy for us to believe that God could use someone else. Somebody we see on TV. Somebody we see on Instagram. We see their reels. We see their TikToks. We see what they're doing, and we see that their highlights. We see their wins, but we don't see their struggles. Because nobody likes to put their struggles for the world to see. You don't post the bad picture on Insta. You only, that's what Be Real is for. <laughs> you only post the good pictures on Insta. Facebook only gets the good stuff. The reels only get the good stuff. You don't see the struggles. You don't see the tears. You don't see the pain. And the great news is this. To do the greater works, there's no qualifier of perfection. There's no qualifier to get it right all the time. The only qualifier is belief, which means this. If you're born again, you're qualified. 
Simple as that. You aren't just created for his works, but you were created for greater. That word greater, I'm going to close real quick. That word greater there, the root word is megos. And it literally means big or exceedingly great. You were called to do mega works. You were made for greatness. You were created for a mega purpose. You were given mega gifts. You are intended for mega fruit. There are greater things in store for your life than what you're seeing right now. And listen, there will always be people that will spend their lives trying to talk you out of the promise that God has given you. There will always be people trying to convince you that the greater works are not for you, that those things are passed away, that don't be so arrogant, that how could God use you? Why would God use you with all the people in the world? Why do you think God would use you? Because I'm a whoever. It's that simple. It's not because of what I've done, but it's because of what he's done that I'm now a whoever. I remember the Muppets, they called Gonzo a whatever. I'm not a whatever, but I'm a whoever. I'm part of the whoever crew, the whosoever. And I believe that I am going to see greater works. And you can't talk me out of my promise. You can't talk me out of my call. You can't gossip me out of my destiny. Don't settle for mediocre push for greater. Listen, it's too late. You can't talk me out of what I've experienced. You can't tell me miracles aren't for today. I've seen them. You can't tell me that miracles aren't for today. I've seen them. I've seen God do it. We sing it when we sing too good. I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen broken bodies healed. I've seen real life resurrection. I've seen mental health restored. Those aren't just words we sing because they sound good by some songwriter. We only sing those things because we've actually seen them. Don't try to tell me God isn't doing miracles today. I see miracles in this room right now. Don't try to tell me God's not still doing it today. I've seen him do it this week. I've seen him do it this month. And I already know I'm going to see him do it again. Don't try to tell me God won't move through me. Because guess what? I've seen him move through me before. Not because of me, but because of who he is. Now I'm going to close with this thought. For real this time. <laughs> People's lives who have been greatly impacted will have great impact. Say it again. People's lives who have been greatly impacted will have great impact. The greater things aren't realized by just how much you can receive. But it's about pouring out after you've received something. If you've received restoration, you should be a minister of restoration. If you've received healing, you should be a minister of healing. If you've received breakthrough, you can be a minister of breakthrough. God didn't do it for you just to do it for you. He did it for you obviously because he loves you. Because he cares about you. Because you're his son, you're his daughter. But he also does it for you so you can have faith stirred in you to do it for others. That God will move through your life for others. Because almost every person in this room that's received miracles, a lot of times it's because obviously we know ultimately it's because of the Father. But God uses somebody, somebody 
or some group of people to reach over and lay hands on you, to declare the word over you, to stand with you when you feel broken, to pick you up whenever you don't feel like you could go on any longer. And if that's been done for you, then it's time for you to do it for somebody else. Part of living in mega, part of being made to be great is not just receiving, but it's now I'm gonna give of what God has done for me. And I'm gonna see other people restored. I'm going to see other people put back together. I'm going to see healing flow through my hands just like it flowed into me. Jesus lived a life poured out. Paul lived a life poured out. Don't live your life seeing what you can store, but rather what you can give. People who live abundantly blessed in every measure of their life are people who live their life giving of what God has done for them. You're called to do greater things because a great God abides in you. You're called to do greater things because a great God abides in you. You were made to be great. You weren't made to be mediocre. You weren't made to be under. You were made a conqueror in all things. Not just a conqueror. You were made more than a conqueror. You were made more than a conqueror because Jesus has already won the battle for you. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Will you set your hands to heaven this morning? I just want you to just begin to receive, just begin to thank him for what he's doing in your life. Father, we thank you today that we've been made to be great. Lord, that you've given us purpose, you've given us destiny, you've given us favor in all things. And we thank you today, Father, for your moving in this place. I just want you to pray with me today. Say, Father God, I thank you today that I've been made to be great, that the works you do, and even greater, I will do also that miracles will flow through my hands, that I will be an agent of restoration, a minister of reconciliation, a person of power. I thank you today for the plan and for the purpose that you have for me and you have for my life. I thank you today that I'm going to step into the fullness of that which you have for me today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.